You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porter Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Once the game starts, it's just like every other game. I mean, it's not going to be a whole lot of emotion and all that other stuff tied up in it once, you know, the, the clock is ticking. So, you know, the, the story and, and the, the specialness of the opportunity to play a team that you kind of, um, you know, grew up in that organization is, is special. But then, like I said, once, once we get going, it's time to go. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, it's Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Q. There it is. You heard Devontae Adams right there coming in, talking about playing his old team, and that's what we will see on Monday Night Football. Raiders, Packers, Allegiant Stadium, the final game of Week 5. All eyes will be on Monday Night Football, excited about the opportunity to not only be in Allegiant Stadium and check out the game, but be with you for the next few hours a little earlier than normal. Normally, we don't sign on until 2 o'clock, but with the Monday Night Football game, we made our way over to the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, where we're at every single Monday for Monday Night Football. We made our way over a little bit earlier. Uh, JT, The Brick, and Eric Allen will give you the official pregame show starting at 3 o'clock from Allegiant Stadium, from the Torch. So we're here at the Underground Lounge. We'll be with you from noon to 3 o'clock, and then pass the sticks on to JT and EA uh, to take you up to kickoff with Lincoln Kennedy and Jason Horowitz on the call again Raiders Packers week five action Allegiant Stadium Monday night football it gets no better than that it is unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 my man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac performance studio and as mentioned before I'm here at the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino every single Monday night we're here we're checking out the video screens that they have here Highlights of that 49ers whooping they put on the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football are going on. There's plenty of machines at the bar, so if you want to come and dibble and dabble and get a little bit of a – put a little extra money in your pocket ahead of the Monday Night Football, you can do that. We've got the William Hill Sportsbook here. We've got nice couches and chairs and nice little setup here. Everything has been newly remodeled here at the Underground Lounge, and so it's a really nice place to hang out. And um, it's, like I said, pregame before the game coming up later on this evening. Don't forget – when you're here at the Oyo, they have the weekly slot tournament where you can win up to $1,000 in free slot play. That's every Tuesday and Thursday from 1 to 3 p.m. Again, you can win $1,000. You could win $500. You could win 250 But why win that when you can win 1000 Just go and get the – come in first place. That's all we want is want winners around here. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Don't forget about that. I'll let you know more about them later on in the show as well. But we have a big show lined up for you today. As, uh, usually we do Q's kickoff about an hour before the pregame show, live from Allegiant, but we're going to kind of make this the pregame, pregame show, right? We're going to make it three hours long, three hours strong, and then kick into JT and EA for the official pregame show. So coming up at 1230, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, the morning tailgate. He'll join us. Me and him were at the Raiders facility on Saturday. Uh, they had their final practice, their walkthrough, and then they had their uh, locker room action as well. So we uh, had an opportunity to kind of catch up with a few of the players in the Raiders locker room, but uh, Vinny will join us at 12.30, talk about the keys to the game, what the Raiders have to do, talk about a report that came out from Diana Rossini about the Raiders potentially looking for uh, uh, edge rush help, uh, guys that can get after the quarterback, something that we talked about last week as well, so uh, we'll get all things caught up with Vinny Bostonior coming up at 12.30, all things silver and black. At 1 o'clock, our guy Peter Bukowski hosts the Locked On Packers. He'll give us our final little preview of this game, our final little uh, thoughts and, and what he has to say about the Packers as they prepare for the Raiders. They've been off for 11 days. The Raiders have been off for 8 days, so you know we'll see what happens. We'll see if the Raiders are able to come up with a victory and stop the bleeding as they're on a 3-game losing streak, and the, the Packers are coming off their loss to the Lions Thursday night football, which just seems like forever ago. It was not this last Thursday, but the previous Thursday before that, and then following this game, they 
actually have a bye. So they, uh, they have plenty of time to kind of heal and get back to where they need to be. Peter Bukowski will join us at 1 o'clock to talk all things Packers. Then at 2.30, really happy to have Lisa Salters from ESPN. She's the sideline reporter. She's fantastic at what she does. Uh, one of the best in the business. She's won multiple awards. I mean, she is great. So every time there's a game, we try to get somebody that's on the broadcast. We try to get somebody onto the show. And we've had Mike Golick on the show. We've had Kevin Harlan on the show. Now we've got Lisa Salters coming up at 2.30. Really excited about the opportunity. She's got the chance to talk to Coach McDaniels, Coach LaFleur, talk to other players, Jimmy Garoppolo, Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander. I mean, she's had an opportunity to prepare for this game. So she'll give us the final real thoughts on this Monday night football game. She'll do that at 2.30. That'll be a perfect way to, uh, like I said, kind of segue into the pregame show with JT and Eric Allen live at Allegiant Stadium. So we got a lot to get to on today's show. Also, I mentioned the locker room action that, uh, that, that myself and Vinny had an opportunity to be a part of on Saturday. So we'll hear from Amik Robertson. Me and Vinny both had a chance to catch up with him in the locker room. Trayvon Merrick, I caught up with him, got a chance to talk to the safety. And then uh, Michael Mayer. Vinny had an opportunity to talk with uh, Michael Mayer one-on-one. So you'll hear from all three of those players in the Ra- Raiders locker room from Saturday, Amik Robertson, Trayvon Merrick, and also Michael Mayer. Uh, plus we have winning on the way, and, and so funny. We always have winning on the way, right? And so last Friday, we had the, the Boyd Gaming uh, ticket hookup, basically the fan, fan Day Fun Day on Fridays, and we do that every so often thanks to Boyd Gaming. And so last week, we got someone registered. We got plenty of people registered for tickets to not this game, but the game coming up against the Patriots on the 15th, and so we have a winner. So we'll give that winner a call probably about 1245 to let him know that he wins tickets to that game. So that'll come up in the show as well. Uh, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He joins us each and every Friday. Uh, we did a show this morning, Locked on Bets, and there was a couple of uh, plays that he had that were on tonight's game as far as uh, over-under, little player prop bet over-under on Josh Jacobs and how many rushing yards he'll get in this game tonight. So you'll hear that and also the over-under as far as the total goes on uh, this game. So you'll hear that as well from Lee Sterling, courtesy of uh, Locked on Bets. We did that this morning. So as you can tell, man, we're going to be helter-skelter. we got a lot going on, a lot of good guests. Of course, we're here uh, at the Underground Lounge, so we encourage you to come on by. If you're, like I said, pre-gaming, want to get ready for tonight's game, come on by and get hooked up. I believe we have some prizes around here somewhere, and if uh, we don't, well, we'll do something anyway. We'll hook you up somehow. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor at 1230, Peter Bukowski at 1, Lisa Salters at 230. And, of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200 and the WBroke.com text line to 69187, keyword r With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So here we go, Raider Nation. As you know, every single time that there's a game, we always talk about what the keys to victory are going to be for the Silver and Black. What do they need to do to stop the bleeding and come away with the victory? That is what, that's the first and most important question that I have for you today. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the first and most important question is what is it going to take for the Raiders to stop the bleeding? They're on this three-game losing streak. They've got to find a way to get a dub. What is it going to take? So that's obviously what we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Then I also had another question that I want to throw out there, and it has to do with the report about the fact that the Raiders could be looking for pass rush help. And this is from Diana Rossini, who used to be part of ESPN. Now she's with The Athletic, and, of course, she's an NFL insider, uh, has a lot of contacts in the league. The trade deadline is October 31st, so Halloween is the trade deadline in the NFL. So she put in her piece that kind of wrapped up the whole week last week of uh, NFL 
With a little more than three weeks left before the league's October 31st trade deadline, teams that believe they are contenders may want to add talent, and those who aren't in contention may want to add draft capital. After discussions with league sources, here's some early talk. And she gets to the Raiders. The Raiders have been busy making calls around the league looking for a pass rusher since releasing Chandler Jones. They are looking for a player-for-player swap and may not want to give up too much. So there's that. And then they, she also mentioned Carolina has been calling around about a wide receiver in other positions. The Panthers hinted to other teams that they are not interested in trading away players for draft picks. So there's that. I, I add that Carolina piece into it because I actually have a little nugget from Carolina and thinking about the, the Raiders and that draft, the, not the draft capital, but the, the, the edge rusher that they could be uh, looking for or, or potentially looking for to go across from Mad Max Crosby, which really – it's so unfortunate that they're even in the position right now, right? We talked about it last week when Randy Gregory was supposed to be released. He eventually gets traded to the 49ers for basically nothing. Uh, you know, they, they, they I don't want to say game away, but, I mean, they basically didn't hardly give up anything to get, to get Randy Gregory, and the Broncos are still paying the majority of his contract, his salary, and the, the 49ers, all they're paying is basically the league minimum. So like 800 dollars are going to pay uh, for the league minimum the rest of the year. So basically chump change is what the 49ers are paying for Randy Gregory. And look, this is a guy that doesn't have very much production. Since he's been a member of the Broncos, he's only played in 10 out of 21 games, only has a handful of sacks. So, I mean, you know, it's, I guess it's a, it's a low – Low risk, high reward if it works out. I'm not saying it's going to work out, but it is one of the conversations we had last week. The problem of it that is so unfortunate is that the Raiders drafted a guy in Tyree Wilson at number seven overall to be a bookend across from Max Crosby. Unfortunate part is he's not ready yet. And they knew that going in. So it's not like all of a sudden it's some big surprise. They knew he wasn't going to be ready uh, to start the season, but they expected to have Chandler Jones. So now that the Chandler Jones situation has come to fruition, now it's okay. Now what do you do? Because it's just the edge rushing is just not there, right? You just have no pressure on the quarterback. So with that knowledge from Diana Russini that she's saying that the Raiders are making calls around the league trying to find an edge rusher, I throw that out there to you. If there's someone out there that you think would be available that the Raiders should go ahead and take a look at, and I know how smart Raider Nation is. They do their homework on uh, just about every team. I know I do my homework on every team across the league, and I know you do as well, Raider Nation. So if there's a player or players out there that you think that the Raiders should be looking at, especially for a player-for-player trade, that's the other thing. Not really interested in giving out draft capital and a player-for-player. So for me, it, it always goes back to Hunter Renfro and the fact that they're not using him. Right, I feel like okay, there's a you know there's a possibility that maybe maybe he would be a guy that they look for. So when I look at Carolina, and I bring up Carolina first because well that's just that's that's the that's the team that makes the most sense to me right now. They're zero and five. I'm looking at Brian Burns. I'm thinking that that's a guy that the Raiders could inquire about, and maybe a Hunter Renfro would be able to get it done. He has three sacks on the season and a forced fumble, uh, but he's looking for a contract extension. That's the thing about it. He wants a big-time contract, and the Panthers have not given it to him yet. So that he's looking at probably like $27, $28 million a year, and I don't know what the Raiders would be interested in, if they would be interested in even giving up that kind of money. I don't know if that's something they want to do. They wouldn't have to do it if they traded for him. They could just trade for him and say, all right, well, we'll deal with the contract later. I just always think that that's a bad idea. <laughs> I never like that idea when, when players are traded for and they know that they need a contract, and then all of a sudden they get into the offseason and it's like, well, haven't come up with a contract yet. I always think that that's just like a terrible way to operate. If you know that the player wants the contract, you're willing to trade for him, then go on and give him the contract that you, know, that you feel like he deserves. So uh, that's probably the best one. One of the best ones out there, there's two players out there that I think are really good that could be available potentially. Brian Burns and Carolina is one. The other one that I'm really intrigued by is Daniil Hunter in Minnesota. 
And Minnesota has made some moves even before the season started. They they were making some moves as they released Dalvin Cook. Uh, they worked on other other uh, pass rushers. They sent them other places. I could see them making a move with Daniel Hunter. I mean, Minnesota's one and four, but he has five sacks and a forced fumble in the season already. I mean, that dude could play. Right, he's a little bit older, but uh, and they they did kind of adjust his contract already. But I wouldn't mind if they made a move for him. Uh, you know, and depending on what they had to give up, I don't know what they'd have to give up or what Minnesota would want in return. But I feel like that Minnesota's in that that position where they realize they're not as good as their record was last year. They're really not. They won all those one score games last year, and they're not winning those one score games this year. They're just not, and that's kind of how things go. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't always shake out that way. When you have the one-score games, you can't always depend on that each and every year. So that's the situation in Minnesota as they're sitting there at 1-4. and four. But Daniel Hunter's playing some really good ball. There's a couple other players that I, I was looking at, but you know, not really a whole lot to, to you know shake a stick at. Derek Barnett from the Eagles, maybe he's a guy that could be had. Shaq Lawson from the Bills, he's a guy that could be had. Kerry Hyder Jr. is a guy that's interesting to me only because he was released by the 49ers once they acquired Randy Gregory. And so he could really help with, uh, with pressure from the interior. He's not an edge rusher, but he could uh, help with pressure from the interior. But he hasn't done anything for San Francisco this year. So, you know, it's, it, it's basically like you could pick him up and see if he's got anything, like kick the tires on him. So he's kind of intriguing to me. But really the two that I'm looking at are Brian Burns and Daniel Hunter. If they're going to make a move, I'd be interested in them making a move for one of those two guys. At the end of the day, ultimately, it's unfortunate that they even have to make a move. It really is. I mean, they, they went into the draft with a plan to build it from the trenches. They went and got Tyree Wilson. They went and got Byron Young. Uh, you know, they, they have guys that they brought in through free agency, and they still haven't been able to get the pressure that they want on the quarterback as right now Max Crosby is the only guy that's getting pressure on the quarterback with four sacks on the season, and everyone else is just kind of there doing their thing. So uh, that's the unfortunate part. But if you have someone in mind that you can think of that, you know, potentially could be, you know, someone that the Raiders could make a move for if they are going to make a trade before that October 31st trade deadline, let me know about it at 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line. 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, of course, got to find out the keys to victory. Got to find out what it's going to take for the Raiders to get a victory today as uh, they need one badly. they got a three-game losing streak. Packers coming to town. They're sitting there at 2-2. Two and two. The Raiders are sitting there at 1-3. and three. For me, when it comes to the keys to victory, I, and I said it on the podcast today, I felt like it was. it's really simple. It's not... It's not a very difficult algebra problem, right? It's not the, the, the hardest math equation, right? They have to get the run game going. It has to be established. And, you know, Lincoln Kennedy is fantastic. And when he joined us on Thursday, he said he can't put more emphasis on the run game than you would in a normal game. And I agree with that. But whatever, however many touches Josh Jacobs has, they have to be effective. The Packers are terrible. And I mean terrible against stopping the run, right? And so – they don't all of a sudden, the Raiders don't want to become that team where it's like, hey, they're terrible at stopping this, and then all of a sudden they stop it, right? I mean, you've got to be able to find a way to get running downhill. Josh Jacobs looked like he started to turn the corner last week against the Chargers, even though a lot of it was through the passing game. He still looked like he was getting his football legs under him. They've got to get back to being able to run the ball. If they can run the ball, it will open up everything else. Jimmy G is back under center, but we all know that Jimmy G is not a guy that is going to sit there and throw the ball 45 times a game and you think you're going to win. Hell, Aiden O'Connell threw the ball 39 times last week. 39. You're not going to win too many games like that, right? You've got to have a balanced attack, and so that's got to be, first and foremost, the run game has got to get established. I'm not saying run the ball 40 times or 45 times, like do extra. I'm not saying that, but what you do run 
you've got to be effective. You've got to be able to have the, the quality runs, you know, stay ahead of the sticks. I mean, it's just, it, it just all goes with it. And, again, the, the passing game can, can really build off of the success of the running game. And then you could do what you did last week as well, continue to use Josh Jacobs in the passing game and, uh, you know, get some dump-offs to him and let him pick up some of those yards that are really basically like extended runs. And then for Jimmy G, you got to protect the damn ball. Protect the damn football. Right? I mean, the Raiders in general. I mean, I'm talking about Jimmy G. He's got six interceptions. The Raiders have turned the ball over ten times this season. Ten. Ten times already. And they've only created one turnover. So, obviously, that's a lopsided number. You've got to be able to protect the ball. Again, my keys to victory is not anything that's rocket science. It's not all of a sudden I'm breaking it down to some kind of, you know, something that ain't nobody ever heard of. This is basic, fundamental football. Establish the run. Protect the ball. Establish the run. Protect the ball. Don't turn the ball over. Don't put your defense in a bad situation. Right? Jordan Love and the Packers have struggled to score in the first half of games. Don't give them short fields to do it on. Don't assist them. Don't put the ball on the turf or throw an interception, and then all of a sudden the defense has to go out there and have 30 or 40 yards that they're trying to defend, and that's it. Right? I mean, the, the ball protection has got to be there. They've got to win the turnover battle, something that, you know, they just haven't done. They've been turning the ball over since week one, and the only thing is that they played the Broncos in week one, so they were able to get away with it. But the rest of these teams, man, they're going to make you pay if you turn the ball over. So you've got to protect the ball, and you've got to be able to establish the run. Defensively, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, right? You've you got to get after the quarterback. You've got to make Jordan Love a, a, a little uncomfortable. The offensive line is a little shaky for Green Bay, so there could be an opportunity. But like we always say, who the hell is going to step up? Who the hell is going to step up outside of Max Crosby? Right? I would love to come on here tomorrow and talk about handing out game balls and talk about somebody not named Max Crosby. I'd love to come in here and talk about a Malcolm Koontz or come in here and talk about a Tyree Wilson or come in here and talk about anybody, anybody that's willing to step up and, and, and be a, a compliment across from Max Crosby. I don't mind talking about Max. I enjoy talking about Max. He's fantastic. I want him to get his, but I expect him to get his. I want to see who else is going to step up. Can Bilal Nichols get some pressure from the interior? Can somebody get some pressure from the interior? So they've got to make, they've got to make Jordan Love uncomfortable. And the second t secondary, man, they're going to have to test their stones. You want to talk about a, a unit that's going to get their stones tested in a major way tonight. That's that secondary. If Jordan Love has time, he's going to test the ball down the field. We've talked about it quite a bit going back to last week. I asked Coach McDaniels about it, about the fact that they complete the deep ball. He's already completed, Jordan Love, that is, nine 30-yard-plus plus, uh, passes this season. And the ones that aren't completed, most of the time they go for a P.I. Nate Hobbs, we know, is out. Marcus Epps, we found out that he's questionable. He's dealing with a, a knee injury. We found that out from Raiders PR on, uh, on Saturday afternoon or Sunday. It was, I think it might have been Sunday. We found out about Marcus Epps. So hopefully he's good to go. If not, you know, maybe the rookie Chris Smith is out there. Maybe you see uh, Isaiah Palomao out there. But... No matter how you look at it, the secondary is going to get tested. Marcus Peters has been disappointing so far. I mean, let's just keep it a buck. He's been disappointing since he's been with the Raiders. No, they, they never drafted him. I mean, they didn't draft him. They didn't sign him to be a guy that's going to tackle and be a great tackler. They, they brought him in to be a guy that can get his hands on the ball and go the other way with it, create turnovers. He's had a couple opportunities, and he hasn't come up with it. So he's got to be better. But you'll notice a lot of teams are running right at Marcus Peters. You know why? Because more times than not, he's doing that Olay-type tackling. And what I mean by that is, if you remember, if you go back to, uh, you know, like a little bullfighting and everything, when they do the little Olay, they got the little, the little flag over here on the side, and they're trying to, trying to, you know, mess with the bull. 
That's that. I mean, he, he's he's side he's side tackling. He ain't squaring up and trying to be real physical. He's just not doing that. That's not his thing. His thing is getting his hands on the ball and going the other way. Okay. Well, he's had a couple opportunities and he hasn't done it. So right now he's become a liability out there. The Packers are going to test him early and often tonight. They're going to test Jacorian Bennett. And for everything that Marcus Peters hasn't been, Jacorian Bennett has tried to be that guy. But more times than not, he gets called for penalties. So in a game like this, they're going to try to test him deep and see if he can play penalty-free. I know he's a little banged up as well. He's got a shoulder and a hamstring injury, so maybe that puts David Long Jr. out there on the field. Whoever's in the secondary is going to get tested. I asked Trayvon Merrick about that, how much of a challenge that's going to be. I asked him about that in the locker room on Saturday, so you'll hear that later on in the show. But that is going to be that is going to be one of the biggest tests as far as I'm concerned, is how that secondary holds up against the Packers, what they want to do, how they want to go for chunk yardage. That's a... That's that's one of that's really my big concern going into this game is how are the Raiders going to be able to defend that. So that's that's really what I got for you. Again, the keys to victory, as far as I'm concerned, they're not that complicated. It's basic, fundamental football. Play smart. You've got to know the situation. You've got to be smart. You can't go out and make stupid penalties, shoot yourself in the foot. You can't have any Jerry Tillery type moments where you're knocking the quarterback down while he's out out of bounds. I mean, you just. You just got to be smart, man. You're on your home field. I know there's going to be a lot of Packer fans. Hell, I'm here at the Oyo. There's a lot of Packer fans here, right? I mean, they're represented. I'm, it's going to be it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere tonight, for you know both ways. You just got to go out there and handle your business. And 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 so far, they through four games, they haven't really done that. They haven't played a clean game, as far as I'm concerned. If they want to stop the bleeding, they have to play a clean game. Uh, from the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. 805 Raiders said defense has to be dominant tonight. Hold the Packers to 10 or less points. Let's go. That's going to be a tall task, brother. <laughs> That's a tall task. I know that the offense hasn't got clicking for Green Bay in the first half, but 10 points or less is, I mean, that's that's a that's a what you said, dominant performance defensively. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if they're capable of doing that. You know, I know that they did some really good things in the second half against the Chargers last week, but that was after spotting them 24 points. So, you know, I, I'll take the middle even. What the Raiders have been scoring, 17 or 18 points a game? You know, you, you hold them to about 17 or 18 points, I'd feel pretty good about your chances. You know, maybe the Raiders can finally get over 20 points in a the game. They haven't done that yet this season. Got a text from Raider Chavez in 916 in Sacramento, California. He said, I got the day off. I got the day off of UPS today so I can start pregaming. Let's get that W today, Q. That's Raider Chavez in the 916. So there you go. He's, he's pre He's pre-gaming already. Got the day off. Someone ain't getting their packages, man. Someone didn't get their packages unless they uh they call someone else in. But you know what happens when they call someone else in as a guy that used to be a delivery man. I know they call that extra guy in. That guy, he lo- he 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 delivers everything where he knows where it's at. And then everything else he done, he's like ah yeah, that person wasn't in today. I just I don't <laughs> I don't know how UPS does it, but I know how we did it at FedEx. It's like oh yeah, this this business was closed or uh, I left the tag there. And so yeah, anytime I did fill-ins, which I didn't do very often, but when I did fill-ins, if I didn't know where it was, man, I kept it pushing because I didn't have time to sit there and wait. So, <laughs> Raider Shop says someone's going to not get their packages today because you're watching the game. But that's all right. That's all right, man. Like I say, it works overrated all the time, so enjoy it. Uh, we got a text from Sal from Arizona. He said, what's up, Q? It's Sal from Arizona. First of all, I'd like to wish my son uh, SJ a happy birthday. The Big Nine. We're both huge fans. Hopefully the Raiders will get him a dub for his birthday. We'll be watching. I wholeheartedly believe the Raiders will turn it around and stack up some wins. Brian Burns, that would get me hyped. Let's go Raiders. That's from Sal in Arizona. And, yeah, happy birthday to your son, man. That's awesome. 
Uh, hopefully he enjoys his birthday, nine years old. Uh, hopefully he's staying up late to watch the game, and it's not even that late, but hopefully he gets to stay up, watch the game, and uh, maybe have a little bit of party with Pops afterwards, right? That's, that's cool. Don't, don't send him to school tomorrow. He don't have to. It's overrated. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm telling people to stay home from work. I'm telling people to stay home from school. Man, I'm terrible. I'm a bad influence. So <laughs> don't listen to me, SJ. But, uh, no, enjoy the game. Happy birthday. Uh, and, yeah, get your, get your cheer on and, and, and all that good stuff. So uh, there you go. There's a couple texts. We do appreciate those at 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, we have the Raider Nation listener line as well, 702-365-9200. What are keys to victory? What do you think it's going to take for the Silver and Black to go into Allegiant Stadium this evening, pick up the W, snap their three-game winning streak, or losing streak, excuse me, uh, over the Green Bay Packers? And then if there was a trade out there that you think that the Raiders could make that is a reasonable trade, maybe a player for player like what Diana Rossini was saying in The Athletic, what do you think it would be? I threw a couple names out there like Brian Burns, Daniil Hunter, Derek Barnett, Shaq Lawson, Kerry Hyder, uh, and a few more are, are out there if, uh, if you have them. Let me know about him. Again, 702-365-9200 in the WBroke.com. Text line 69187, keyword R&R. We're at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge. We're here every single Monday for Monday Night Football. It's newly renovated. It's Man, they got the TV screens, the big TV screens. They've got the bar, so if you want to get your pregame on, get a few beverages in, you could do that. Uh, they've got an extensive menu that I didn't even know until last week. I discovered this menu last week where they've got all kind of great stuff on it, so we'll let you know about that. So if you want to go ahead and, like I said, get your pregame on before tonight's game, you to do that here with us at the Oyo Underground Lounge. Uh, we're here every single Monday. Normally we're here 2 to 5 p.m., but because of the game kicking off at 5, uh, changing it up a little bit, doing 12 to 3, and then we'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen live from the torch in the Legion Stadium. That will get you into the pregame show, which will lead you right up to kickoff with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on the call. 12.25 is the time when we come back. We'll be talking to Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and the morning tailgate right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Again, we're at the OYO. Come by and hang out with us. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I have a lot of confidence in Amik. I think our team does too, so he's always ready to go and went in and, and did his job. Pitches it out to the right. Brian Kelly, Amik Roberts, it's got him down in the backfield, back at the 35. Welcome back to the lineup, Amik. That's a loss of five trying the right side. It's unnecessary roughness. Let's go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines as we're live here at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge. 
This is our Monday night spot. We're doing it a little bit early. We're pre-gaming instead of after-party, and we're pre-gaming here for you noon to 3 on Raider Nation Radio 920. But Vinny, as mentioned, is on the phone lines. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time. I definitely appreciate you. Look forward to being in the press box with you in just a few hours. Uh, catch us up to date on, on, the, on the injuries that uh, the Raiders are dealing with. You heard Josh McDaniels talking about Amik Robertson. He may be pressed into action. No, no Nate Hobbs. We know that Marcus Epps is a little bit banged up. We know Ja'Cory Bennett is dealing with some injuries. Uh, what do you expect to see as far as the secondary goes? Who's going to be out there maybe starting for the Raiders? Yeah, and trying to snap a, uh, a three-game losing streak, uh, streak you, you definitely need all hands on deck. I, I would expect um, Jacorian uh, and, and David Long to, uh, to play tonight. Um, Marcus Epps was kind of a surprise, so I'm not qu- quite sure uh, where, where all that is. That's, that's usually um, somewhat of a bad sign when it shows up so late, kind of like Nate Hobbs yeah. uh, last week before the, uh, before the Chargers game. So, uh, you know, obviously the Packers are dealing with some injuries as well. So uh, nobody's feeling sorry for anybody. Uh, these are two teams that, that, that need to win uh, to start moving in the right direction uh, in, their, in their seasons, and, and, and certainly the Raiders. Um, and I wrote about this today, Q. There's six games coming up, beginning with tonight's game, that it's, it's a favorable part of the schedule for the Raiders. And, you know, doing some research and, you know, who they're playing and the quarterbacks they're facing and the struggles offensively that the teams that they're facing um, have had, including defense, too. Um, these are six games where, outside of that Detroit game, you can make a case for, for the Raiders being competitive or winning um, five of them, uh, certainly four uh, of them. And, and they have to do that, Q. Um, they have to start creating better habits. They have to start creating, um, you know, winning traits and, and, and playing four, you know, solid quarters and, and winning games that they're supposed to win. And I think that that would give not only a, a boost inside that locker room and, and with the coaching staff and the entire organization, but also their fan base who just want to see the Raiders play good, smart, solid football. Yeah, and, and the fan base deserves it. The fan base deserves to see some actual good, solid football and winning football. And a lot of that has to do with also the turnover battle. And the Raiders have turned the ball over ten times this season, and they've only taken it away once. That's got to change. They've got to figure out if they're not going to create turnovers, they sure as hell have got to find a way to hold on to the ball and not turn the ball over. I mean, that's, that's something that they have to focus in on. That's got to be an emphasis tonight, Vinny. What do you think? No doubt about it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, in my head I'm counting – Seven, nine or so that that came from the quarterback position. Yeah. So you know between the interceptions and the and, and the fumbles. Yep. Um, you know you could literally look at one position that's been hurting them the most in terms of the uh, turnovers. You know the defensive side not coming up with turnovers. That's a whole other uh, whole other thing. Uh, but you know ball security at the quarterback position is critical. I mean it all starts with the snap and and then what the quarterback does. After that, nothing else happens if the quarterback is throwing it away uh, to the other team or, or fumbling it away to the other team. Uh, it's only bad that comes from that. So, um, you know, in, in Jimmy's case, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, turnovers isn't something that's been really part of his game in a major way. That's why it's a little bit of a surprise he's sitting there with, with six uh, interceptions so early in the season. You know, if he can get back to playing, um, you know, efficient, careful, kind of prudent Jimmy G football, I think, I think that goes a long way toward – helping the, uh, the, the Raiders' offense hold on to the ball like we talked about last week, uh, possessing the ball, putting, the, putting plays together, putting long drives together. Uh, but, but if he's going to be throwing it around to the other team or, or fumbling it to the other team, it's all moot, a moot point. Yeah, it really is. Do you think that he feels a little bit of pressure, not from Devontae, but just feels pressure to get the ball to Devontae? Because it just seems like sometimes he's trying extra hard to make sure that he gets it in 17's hands. 
Yeah, um, and and you know it's it's what, what Derek went through this last year. You know, it's kind of a process learning how to play with somebody so dominant as, as yeah. Devontae Adams because, you know, as Devontae Adams has pointed out, not arrogantly at all, but just, you know, truthfully, even when it looks like he's covered, he may not necessarily be covered like another guy is. You know, he's, he's open because he knows how to, you know, work the angles and work the space uh, to, to create, you know, the leverage that he needs and the space that he needs. So you're thinking about that and you're thinking about getting him involved because he is arguably the best wide receiver in the game. But I really think... Um, you know, more importantly to, than that, and I think that I think that uh, you know Devontae would would trade this in a heartbeat if they could get everybody else involved and make it easier for this offense. And yeah. you know, when the running game and Michael Mayer and Hunter Renfro and and, and Trey Tucker and, and on and on, they got to get to a point where they're tapping into all the weapons that they put together. They brought these players in for a reason. It hasn't gone as expected. Some of that is you know situational. Some of it is how many times they've actually had the ball. Some of it is using Michael Mayer, um, you know, as a blocker, even in pass down. Some of it is taking Hunter off the field because they need extra, uh, an extra blocker, whether it's, you know, a, a tackle, an extra tackle on the field. So, um, you know, the point being is that they're not utilizing the players that they brought in successfully. It's only been four games, and it's important to remember that, and it can turn at any moment. And for the Raiders, it has to happen, start happening tonight. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. You mentioned Michael Mayer a couple times. You had a chance to talk to him in the Raiders locker room. We'll actually hear that conversation a little later in the show. But what are your thoughts on Michael Mayer? It sounds like he's pretty confident that he's going to start getting some looks offensively, like catching the ball as opposed to just being out there as a blocker. Yeah, that's why tonight for me is, is really interesting because uh, it, there's some tea leaves out there um, that are starting to point toward you know, then, then I'm unwrapping Michael Mayer a little bit and, uh, and, and, and trying to get him the ball. It's the guy who caught 180 passes in college. It's a lot uh, for a college tight end. He was the offense at Notre Dame. And, and through four games, you know, I'm just going to be straight up, but it's been kind of a waste having him out there yeah. because they haven't been able to utilize his strengths, which is getting him the ball uh, and letting him go th- uh, do his thing. Um, I don't know if you watched the first part of the uh, Rams game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but um, the Eagles on that very first drive made it a point to get the ball to their tight end, and it was bully ball, you know. And I think mm-hmm. he caught like four or five passes, including, you know, the, the the touchdown to put him up seven to nothing. But the Rams didn't have an answer, and it was get the ball to the big guy, uh, and and make him go punish some people downfield. And that's what you have in Michael Mayer. And I really think that if the Raiders made it a point to get him the ball, uh, and he could start flexing the muscles the way he can. Um, you know, in a physicality sta- from a physicality standpoint, uh, that's a message that you send to the defense, and it opens things up for everybody else as well. So it'll be interesting. It feels like uh, that's that's a, a direction that they may that they may go here. Um, you know, uh, this week and moving on. So, uh, but they've talked about that before. Got to see it on the field. What do you expect to see from Josh Jacobs tonight in a in a game where the team that he's playing against does not stop the run very well? He's got to get to 100 at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, you know, you look back at last year, uh, you know, a lot of what he did, a lot of success that he had in the second half where, you know, Josh McDaniels is talking about that. You know, maybe it's not, you know, uh, breaking early in the game, but the more you do it and the more you start chipping away and the more you start pounding the rock against your opponent, um, uh, the more likely it is that they're going to break at some point. Uh, and so I think the Raiders would love to be able to control the game that way and control the pace. Uh, and dictate terms offensively. And to me, that, that it does start with the running game. Even um, you know, if you're not getting a lot of yards early on, just, just keep, keep working it, keep doing it. But what they can't have 
is what they've had far too often this year, and that's like negative plays. You know, I think in that Buffalo game, right off the bat, you know, the uh, the, the Buffalo Bills blew it up uh, at the line of scrimmage, and it was a four or five yard loss. Yeah. And the second play of the game, they're looking at second and fifteen. Those are the plays that they can't have, even if it's one or two yards. You know, that's not you know obviously you want more than that, but but if it's not negative, if you're moving it forward. Uh, and at the same time, kind of imposing your will and, and, and being physical with the other team, uh, that could pay off later on down the game. I just saw this note from Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network that Aaron Jones will be inactive tonight yeah. for the Packers. That's a big loss right there for Green Bay. I thought he was going to be a full go. Yeah, um, I didn't, you know, I, I know a lot of people were hopeful about that, uh, but I was still a little reserved on, on whether that was actually going to happen, uh, him playing, but you know, certainly that's that's a pretty big boost for for the Raiders right there. Aaron Jones is a uh, is one of the standout running backs in this league. So, not having to deal with him and putting a little bit more pressure on the young quarterback Jordan Love. Um, you know, that said, the Raiders faced a backup running back last week uh, right. with the Chargers, and early on they weren't able to get that guy to the ground. Uh, so, whether it's AJ Dillon or whoever they else, and he's a big physical running back himself. So whoever, whoever Jordan Love is handing the ball off to, uh, what the Raiders need to do is tackle better early on in that game. Uh, one more note on this game real quick. How about Devontae and Jair Alexander going up against each other? I know that's been a storyline really all week long. What do you think about this matchup tonight? Yeah, that's going to be one that, uh, that I think that uh, whether you could actually pay attention to it live or go back and watch it on uh, the All-22 tape, um, that's one to keep an eye on because those are two proud veterans. Obviously, they sharpened each other. Uh, over the years in Green Bay, working together uh, and against each other in practice, trading notes. Uh, and what's interesting to me is is all the information that Devontae gave him during his his years in Green Bay. And there's nobody that knows uh, better what he shared with him than Devontae himself. So he knows that he helped you know write a little book for 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 Alexander uh, in the ba- in the uh, in the secondary on how to defend him and little tricks of the trade. So I'm wondering if he's got something up his sleeve because Devontae is usually one step ahead of the posse. So what does he have to counter the information that he's already shared with them? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. I don't know how much they're going to be matched up with each other, but I'm going to be uh, really interested to see what that looks like. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I did want to go and ask you about a report from Diana Rossini from The Athletic talking about the Raiders are making calls around the league looking for edge rushers. One, it's a shame that they have to do that. They don't have Chandler, and Tyree's not ready to be that guy yet. Do you think there's anything to this report that they're looking for, for edge rush help, or is it just kind of conversation? No, I think that I think that you know uh, they understand that because of what happened with Chandler, and that was a big piece of their of their defense yeah. uh, that just got taken away, kind of surprisingly and, and abruptly. Um, that that's a uh, a position that they need to uh, to address, and and uh, the sooner the better, really, uh, on that. And, you know, uh, Tyree's been dealt kind of a uh, a bad set of cards here because you can't you can't force Mother Nature right now, and that was always going to be a process and. You know, I know it kind of looks bad, uh, you know, when you look at what Tyree's done or hasn't done so far. But, um, you know, when I say that this was kind of part of the understanding and the, and the plan, that's, that's the, the bottom line of it all. So uh, there was a process for him coming off, you know, the foot injury that he suffered at Texas Tech. He didn't have an offseason. He didn't have training camp. Uh, so, you know, he's playing from behind. And they believe that he's eventually going to get there hopefully sooner rather than later, but to expect the, the you know, what, what, what's something almost impossible, uh, that does a disservice to Tyree. I feel bad for him in that situation. But in the meantime, you know, they don't understand that they've got to uh, create pressure on, on the quarterback. I think they feel pretty good about what they have behind the defensive line. I think that secondary has really hung in there. 
Um, I think the linebackers have played uh, reasonably well. Divine Diablo's having a good season. Um, it would sure help all of those guys back there if they could get more constant or consistent pressure on the quarterback, and that kind of starts with the rush end. The problem is, um, you know, there aren't that many of them. I would keep an eye maybe uh, on Hunter from the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings, you know, yeah. uh, seem to be going nowhere fast, um, and that's somebody that they've always had some problems with in terms of, not problems, but, you know, uh, is, is the, the, how much money are you going to invest in him? Uh, is, he, is he more suited to be somebody that you could trade to get some assets for? So that's a player uh, that I would keep an eye on, somebody that's still young, um, somebody that still has some upside, somebody that's not going to be just a rental. Yeah, exactly. I, I had mentioned Daniil Hunter as a guy that uh, would intrigue me as well. He's got five sacks on the season and a forced fumble, but the Vikings are 1-4, losing all those uh, one-score uh, one games. Brian Burns in Carolina intrigues me as well, but he wants a big-time contract extension, so there's that that they'd have to um, you know, decide if they wanted to go in that direction. Do you see... Do you see anyone, because the report said that the, the Raiders are the, like, they want to do a player for player. Do you see a player on the roster that the Raiders would be willing to part ways with? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you, you know, I, in terms of want to, to part ways with or be willing to part ways with. Be willing with, to, yeah, be willing to. Yeah, um, you know, I think you, you, you probably go right to Hunter Renfro, uh, something right. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, for, for, for obvious reasons. Um, you know, uh, short of that, uh, in terms of marketable players for other teams that the Raiders would be willing, you know, to, to trade, uh, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. there's, there's two things going. Would they want it, would the Raiders even want to give up a player, you right. know, a certain player? Right. Um, I, I think that there's players on their roster that are very attractive to other teams, but there's also attract, very attractive to the Raiders. But somebody like uh, a Hunter Renfro, I think, for, for sure would be someone. And if you're talking about Carolina, I mean, that's right. That's right uh, where he's from. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, connect the dots. I know we're just kind of spitballing right here. But, right. but if you're asking me that question, uh, that's the first name that comes to mind. Yeah, that was the same one that came to my mind as well. So we're all on the same page there. Well, Vinny, great stuff as always, my man. What are you working on ahead of tonight's game? Well, um, I did just post a story earlier this morning about this next six games. Okay. Uh, being what's going to define uh, the Raiders' season. And, and uh, you know, it's obviously it's predicated on the Raiders taking care of business. But when you look at some of the bad offenses that they're re getting ready to face, and frankly, some of the, you know, bottom ten quarterbacks in this league, um, you know, there's an opportunity. There's only one team over the next six games that currently have a winning record, and that's the Detroit Lions. And that's the one game that I think is going to be, uh, you know, I wouldn't say an automatic loss, but, you know, that's going to be a tough yeah, uh, uh, you know, mountain to climb. But everyone else, from the Jets to the Giants to the Bears to the Packers, uh, and obviously next week against the Patriots, are games that the Raiders can can you know look at uh, from a talent perspective that they're either better than or at, just as good as. So um, they've got to take care of business right now. Yeah, they do. One game at a time. It starts tonight against the Green Bay Packers. They've got to find a way to stop the bleeding and get a W. Well, Vinny, like I said, man, great stuff. We'll obviously be on the lookout for everything that you write in the RJ. And, of course, we appreciate you on the morning tailgate as well and joining us this afternoon. Thanks so much, my man. I'll see you in the Absolutely. press box. See you over to Legion. All right, cool. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, great stuff with him. It's always great to catch up with him. And, again, me and him had an opportunity to be in the Raiders locker room on Saturday. You'll hear from uh, Trayvon Merrick from the locker room. You'll hear from Amik Robertson. You'll hear from Michael Mayer, all guys that we were having a chance to catch up with in the Raiders locker room on Saturday. 12.46 is the time. We're at the OYO, the Underground Lounge, inside the OYO Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night. If you want to come on by, uh, hang out with us, get some of this great food that they have to get you a little pregame going, uh, great beverages that they have, get you 
your little pregame going, whatever the case may be. You're only a hop, skip, and a jump away from Allegiant Stadium, so you can come down and hang out with us. And, of course, they've got the weekly slot tournament that you got to remember about at all times, Tuesday and Thursdays from 1 to 3 p.m. You can win up to $1,000 in free slot play. You can win up to $500, $250. But, you know, we always associate ourselves with winners, so we go for $1,000. Why not? We do want to hear from you. Speaking of winners, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What are the keys to victory? What do the Raiders have to do to stop the bleeding and to snap their three-game losing streak? And also, if there's a trade out there that you can see the Raiders making for an edge rusher that may not cost them too much as far as a, a player or so that they might have to give up, who would that be? If you got someone in mind, let us know about it. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. we got all that and, some mo- and more on the way back here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Got my guy Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers, joining us at the top of the hour to give us our final little preview on all things Green Bay as we head into this Monday night football game. Again, we're at the Oyo, the hotel and casino. We're inside the Underground Lounge. It's been newly renovated. It looks amazing. We've got some Raider Nation here hanging out here with us. So uh, all you need to do is come on by and hang out as well. Get some uh, nice little drinks or food in your system and get ready to make the way over to Allegiant Stadium and get ready for this game. Monday night football action, Packers and Raiders. Let's go out to the phone line at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Robert in Portland. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Robert? Hey, Q. Uh, I think that the uh, DBs on Green Bay are above average, uh, but I think the one hole that the Packers have on offense, they, they're starting with Musgrave, and he's having a good good first four games. I think the fact that they have him in there, that opens up things for Diablo, you know, to come in and uh, knock uh, Love down. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know... Uh, at least I think that should happen because Diablo can handle Musgrave, especially on a tandem rush. And uh, the second thing I wanted to mention was Quay Walker is playing incredible football. He's their inside linebacker from Georgia. Yeah. Yep. He is incredible. Everybody should watch him play. Kenny Clark, of course, and Rashawn Gary are, are phenomenal. It's going to be a low-scoring game, uh, and that means we've just got to run the ball. That means we've got to you know, play two tight ends if we have to. It's just the way this game's going to go because trying to throw against that secondary, uh, you know, Jimmy G just, I, I'm hesitant to even attempt to do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Um, you know, I think that they've got to be as balanced as possible. Thank you so much for the call. We definitely appreciate you. They've got to be as balanced as possible, man. They really do. Jimmy G is not going to be able to throw the ball around the yard, and he's, that's just not his makeup, right? He's not going to throw the ball around the yard 40-something times and throw for 400-plus yards and four touchdowns. I mean, it's just not what he's going to do. They've got to be able to establish the run game. Josh Jacobs has got to get going. They have to find a way to to get it done on the ground as well. Uh, but, you know, they can't just be solely the run game either, right? They've got to be able to uh, get Jacoby Myers the ball, get Devontae the ball, get Michael Mayer involved. Trey Tucker, it would be nice to see him involved as well. Like, there's weapons on this team. Again, it's, 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 it's almost like, you know, beating a dead horse. We didn't talk about it so much that this offense wasn't supposed to be the problem. And so far, this offense has been the problem. Uh, a couple quick texts that I'll get to. This one from the 209. I'd hate to say it, but the guy I'm willing to trade to help Crosby out has to be Renfro, especially if they don't plan on using them as they thought that they would. The defense to me isn't the problem, though, so why? So it's why I'm not 100% behind that idea. Keys of victory are the same. Get the run game going. That's from Poncho, and thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, the defense isn't 
the problem per se, but you know the defense could be a lot better. And right now it's Max Crosby and, and, and everyone else is just there. Right, they've got to have some help for him. He's, he's, I mean, the Buffalo found a way to take him out of the game completely, and nobody else stepped up. Somebody else has got to be a force as well. You know, and that's what Chandler Jones is supposed to be. That's what Tyree Wilson is supposed to be. Uh, he's not yet, and I don't know when he's going to be ready to be that guy. So at some point, they've got to find a way to make that happen. Peter Bukowski joins us next, kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Randish Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.